Hello, welcome to the IDEAS podcast. Inclusive, digital, educational, anti-discriminatory alternatives. You're listening to module three, Women's Minorities and Their Rights, Migrant, Roma, and Homeless Women in the Czech Society. Episode five, Migrant Women. migration source in the Czech Republic is labor migration. Citizens from ex-Soviet countries count among the most numerous ones. According to the latest data of the Czech Statistical Office, among the first most numerous groups are Ukrainians and Russians. Interestingly, the citizens of Moldova are among the most numerous when it comes to labor permits. They're often overeducated for their jobs due to a lack of recognition of their credentials by the Czech state. In today's podcast, we would like to hear a story of a migrant woman whose origin is Moldova. We believe it is vital to hear the stories of women often deprived of their voice, exposed to difficult working conditions and having to juggle multiple roles in multiple societies. Allow me to welcome Ms. Ina Avra Miotti, who works in the integration services and NGOs. She used to work with NGO La Strada, which helps women in the prostitution business and generally all persons who are victims of trafficking. She's currently working for Caritas. Is there any difference in the trajectories of Moldova women and men? Do Czech integration and migration policies make sense to her? What helped her in her trajectory from a migrant to a citizen? What can she tell us about the trafficking of women from Moldova for the Czech sex market? I would like to ask about your background and your journey to the Czech Republic. When did you come here and why the Czech Republic? I have been here in the Czech Republic for more than 15 years. I never thought about leaving Moldova, despite talking with many people who did. I simply did not have anybody in other countries. I didn't have any relatives or anything like that. People from Moldova were mostly going to countries like Great Britain or Italy, where the language is kind of similar. I chose the Czech Republic almost at random, mainly because it was cheap to get here. After two months, I received a visa and was allowed to come here. For example, if I wanted to go to Ireland, it would cost me $5,000 back then to get proper documents. And I would still have to be there illegally for some time. In the case of the Czech Republic, it cost me $500 and I could come here on a work permit. And why did you choose to leave Moldova? Was it something specific or just a prospect of a better life? It was like this. First, my boyfriend left and after a while I chose to get a work permit and leave as well. So, you would say you had reasonably good living conditions in Moldova? Well, I was fresh from getting my master's degree. I was working for this Dutch organization, La Strada. They had eight different branches all over Europe. La Strada is an NGO that helps victims of sexual violence and prostitution. Is that right? Yes, among other things. It helps women trafficked in sexual slavery in relation to immigration. Around 15 or 20 years ago, we had more and more clients who were victims of forced labor. So, La Strada is not helping only the victims of sexual slavery anymore. Many of them were men. At one point, clients were half men and half women. 
then you had Filipino women forced to do domestic work. These issues are now present even in Moldova. Despite the fact that Moldova used to be the country of origin for these victims, it is turning into a transition country, like the Czech Republic. But back to my situation, I would not say that I left Moldova for some financial reasons, family reasons or anything like that. But you are aware that these are usually the reasons why people leave Moldova, because of poverty. That is the reason why a disproportionate number of immigrants from Moldova are women. Well, I was not in any financial problems at that moment. Looking back at my situation, it was not good. I had to rent a shared apartment. I don't know if I could ever afford to live on my own. So you came here as an educated woman with your master's degree. Do you have anybody who is still in Moldova? Do you visit them? I have two sisters. Yes, I do. So you have family ties to your country of origin. You also have a son. Does he visit Moldova with you? Does he know where he's from? He's eight years old now. And I think that you can tell he's interested in his identity. I think that Moldovan identity is visible in him. He actually claims to be a Moldovian. However, if you ask him if he would want to live somewhere else than the Czech Republic, he would say no. Not even in Moldova, where he has a grandmother and cousins, because he was born here and he feels here at home. I understand that. My children are grown up. And I like how they were not pushed by society to choose one or another identity. In some ways, they not feel like a part of the Czech culture. In other ways, they can be critical to Balkan or Bosnian culture, but they could choose for themselves. Yes, this year, he came home for the first time and said that we needed to bake traditional Czech candy for Christmas. Because of him, we celebrate Christmas twice, both Catholic and Orthodox Christmas. Fine. So the first part of your journey to the Czech Republic was pretty comfortable. When you arrived, did you have any problems with Czech democracy? Did they bother you with endless paperwork? That was the experience of a lot of people from Yugoslavia. Well, the cold shower came immediately after I came here. I got off the bus on Sunday. On Monday, I had to go to the foreign police department. On Tuesday, I went to work. No time to accommodate. I had work and look for accommodation through this job agency. I had to inform the police about that as well. Sometimes I had to get up at 3 a.m. and then wait in line to even get to the police department that day. Fortunately, this did not happen often. Before I arrived here, I already knew that the Czech Republic had this project for qualified foreign workers modeled after a similar project in Canada. It was based on a point system. You were receiving a certain amount of points for your education and qualification. The only big issue was that nobody helped me to find a job in my field of study. But anyway, I received permanent residency pretty quickly. I received it after three and a half years, which meant I did not have to file the applications all the time. Okay, now I'm interested in the Moldovan community in the Czech Republic. Are you in contact with your community? And do you see any differences in the paths of men and women? Yes, we have some Moldovan friends, but these are mostly people who have also lived here for years now. So, is there anything specific about women's experience? Well, when I came here, there were much fewer job opportunities for women. They were usually given jobs for the least qualified workers, like jobs on the farmland. It worked like this. 
the job agency would find us a job. They would get part of the money from the employer and part of it would go to the agency from us. I was making much less than men who would get jobs in construction. I was making 55 check crowns per hour and they would make 130 check crowns per hour. So they could make decent money even though the job agency was taking a lot for itself. Another problem was the housing. Housing was also provided by the agency. However, women had to pay for it because they made less money for the agency directly. So these were the problems I faced immediately during the first six months when I lived in Brno. After that, I left for Prague. There was another issue, but I don't know if it's specific to women. I was trying to learn the Czech language, so I was attended the language classes, but I was considered weird in the community. It's because the classes would take away the whole afternoon that I could have spent working. I'm going to give you a sensitive question. Did you ever experience any racism against yourself or family members? Multiple times. Now that I think about it, I have been more sensitive about it since I have a child. There was this one incident in some big shopping mall. There were three women walking behind us. They looked like a grandmother, mother and daughter. They screamed at me to take my bastard and go away. But why? He was playing around. I said something to him and they heard the accent. Incidents like these did not bother me much until I had a child. It was only against me. Now it is also targeted at him. That's tragic. Was it ever coming from some institution or was it all coming from common people? It wasn't coming from institutions, mainly from people on the street, like in the neighborhood where I live. When you came here, did anybody help you or support you, like your community, some NGO or somebody else? It is my impression that you did everything by yourself. It was mostly just me. But like I said, I was working for the La Strada organization. I had good relationships with my colleagues. They became my friends and they would invite me to free time activities like weddings, etc. There, I could learn about Czech culture. But all of this was a benefit of working for an NGO focused on women's rights, where the level of tolerance and multiculturalism was much higher than elsewhere. That is my experience as well. When I was working as a business owner, I had to deal with racism all the time. I was even thinking about moving out of the Czech Republic. This changed once I started working for the Czech Helsinki Committee, which was also an NGO. I experienced racism in the grocery shop while buying bread. I was with my son, who was three at the time. Suddenly, a man started yelling at me that I should go where I came from. Perhaps he was drunk. He was very aggressive and rude. I didn't know what to do. I left the shop and started crying. And this happened to me in the neighborhood where I lived. So it is not like I could choose not to go to that shop anymore. It was very uncomfortable. Yes, fear for the children is the worst part. Also, when people hear you are from the former USSR, stereotypes start working immediately. There is no neutral way for you to be perceived. If you are a woman, man will potentially see you as very domestic type who will cook and nurture the family. Or they will see you as a prostitute. This 
This is because a lot of women from the former USSR worked jobs like that. Some of them against their will. So they are going to put one of these labels on you. I want to ask you, how do you see the integration of people from Moldova into Czech society? These sex workers and people subjected to forced labor, are there any instruments to protect them? Or are they also seen as culprits in illegal activities? Do you know what I mean? Because in some countries, when you're a victim of human trafficking, you can seek help from the state without fear of deportation back to your country. Is there any similar protection in the Czech Republic? There is, but from my experience, it is not very effective. There was a constant struggle to prove that situation of these women was really bad enough to earn the protection. State representatives would always try to minimize the appearance of how much these women really suffered. Process of proving the suffering was very painful. You had social workers who had to fill these reports, so they ensure actions would be taken in the interest of the victims. Then you had examples where there was a trial, but after the trial was over, women were forced to leave the country. How big is the awareness of these women about their rights and how to protect them? Are they aware of the violations and not just among integrated and educated women like yourself? I think there generally is a certain level of awareness. When it comes to Moldovians, there are two groups. One group has Romanian citizenship besides Moldovian. So they came here as EU citizens and it's easier for them. The second group has much tougher conditions. My experience with this second group is interesting. I am meeting them at the integration classes. When I talk about the rights of workers, they laugh at me. They know the law, but they also know the employer has too much power over them. So they can't pressure him to treat them according to law. That's interesting. I know this woman from the former USSR. She was working for some food distributing job agency. She had just one day off in a week and she worked at least 12 hours a day. This was also shocking to me how nobody was making sure that the law was being followed. I know that employers are blackmailing the workers, telling them that if the inspection comes, they will all lose their jobs. I can't imagine any Czech working in conditions like that. I don't know. Maybe the law allows it in the case of the job agencies. I don't think so. You and your employer can agree that you will work more than the legally stipulated time. But it has to be in a written form and he has to pay you more than that. Yes, but immigrants are in a vulnerable situation. I know that sometimes if they voice their problems, job agencies would throw them out of the housing or they would punish them by not giving them any work for a certain period of time. My next question is regarding human sex trafficking. This almost exclusively happening to people without documents, to female immigrants. Is that right? Not necessarily. So there is no apparent connection between the foreign origin and level of exploitation. Because in some countries, 90% of these are sex workers who are members of minorities. When I worked at La Strada, the composition of our clients was around half and half between Czech women and foreign women. However, these Czech women were often Roma women or women from orphanages, institutional care and similar vulnerable groups. So sex trafficking doesn't have to include moving women through the borders. No, we had cases of women from one part of the Czech Republic being taken and forced to work for pimps in the other parts of the Czech Republic. 
I also wanted to ask you, how do you personally feel about getting respect in Czech society? And what are the differences between men and women relations inside your community compared to the Czech society? Because I notice differences in the Czech society attitude to the Roma community or our community from the Balkans. Our society was more openly patriarchal. The men were seen as more powerful. I feel like it is similar within the Czech society, but it is more subtle. So my questions are, Do you feel like your family and culture are respected in the Czech Republic? And what are some differences in men and women relations in the Moldovan community compared to the Czech society? I do not see any major differences. Maybe there were some more orthodox ideas about family in my parents' generation. But I think it changed a lot because of the significant immigration. A lot of women were going to different countries to earn a living. And during this process, they became independent. But maybe it is still there in more subtle ways. As you say, in some families in Moldova, men work in other countries and women are completely dependent on their income. Often they are at home with multiple children and they can't find a job, not even a part-time job. Available jobs offer so little money, it is not worth it. And in the immigrant community, would you say these differences disappear? Is there mutual support or are women still expected to do domestic work while men earn money and lead the family? Well, it is often influenced by the fact that women are earning less money. And when they go on maternity leave, they have to stay at home anyway. I'm sorry, your husband is also Moldavian? Yes, he is the same boyfriend I was dating when I came here. I married him. I forgot to ask you, how old are you? I am 40 years old. The next thing I would like to ask you is why do you think the Czech Republic is such an attractive place for the people from the former USSR, besides some historical reasons? There are, of course, a lot of people from Ukraine, but I had also recently read that most working permits are given to people from Moldova. From a Yugoslav perspective, the Czech Republic was not very attractive because of the low wages. So many people who came here were better educated ones. They were able to find better paying jobs or work more independently. I didn't know that the Czech Republic was such a popular destination for Moldovians. When I came here, there weren't many Moldovians or many Romanians who are close to us. I would say the Czech Republic is popular for financial reasons. It is also the fact that many traditional destinations like Italy, Greece and Spain have had significant unemployment rates in the last few years. Especially Italy became less popular. That was a very popular place to go because of the similar languages. It also had a big Moldovian community, so there were many familiar connections. England was also a popular destination for people who could afford to go there. Is there anything else you would like to say? Something I didn't ask you about? One thing that comes to mind is the topic of children and planning pregnancy. That is a big problem for female immigrants. You have to plan your pregnancy according to the type of residency you have. You need to have insurance. All of that certainly creates a big barrier. And then you have other things about taking care of the children, babysitting, etc. 
Nobody tells you what you have to prepare for, that you have to register with the doctor in very early stages of pregnancy, that you have to look for a pediatrician right after the baby is born. I was taken back by all this. Maybe these are some cultural issues. Maybe. It's difficult to compare since I was pregnant in this society only. But I remember how they gave me as an ideal of how to deal with birth. For example, of a Czech woman who suffers in silence. The doctor at my second birth was nasty to me. He even warned me that I might crush my daughter's skull because I was suffering so openly, screaming and so on. That's so terrible. That's the problem. They usually include innocent children in these racist attitudes. And how will you explain to your child that some people don't like us? The kids make you more vulnerable. Then when they start going to kindergarten... You constantly worry if, when they do something, their culture or nationality would be blamed. Even in banal cases, such as when the kindergarten teachers ask me if we Moldovans cook soup because my son doesn't like soups. Yes, as if all Czech kids like soups. <laughs> And let me tell you another weird thing. Sometimes when we say we are from Moldova, some people here say, oh yes, we know the Balkans. <laughs> also, not sure if you noticed how differently Czechs treat migrants from the Western countries. My husband and I did an experiment once. My husband is pretty dark and our family name sounds Western. And he has some distant ancestors from Greece. So when they asked us where we came from, he said from Greece. You notice how their attitude changes as opposed to when we say we are from Moldova. Yes, of course. And imagine how terrible it is for Roma, Muslims or Arabs, or for Ukrainian women who work as cleaners in private apartments. From my perspective, it's such a risky job. I mean, you go to apartments of people you don't know. They can attack you or say you stole something. Indeed. I have a friend who cleans apartments. Most people she works for are long long-term arrangements and they are mostly nice to her, give her Christmas presents and so on. But they expect her to be available 24-7. They never think she has her own family or needs rest. Or another acquaintance from Ukraine who was a piano teacher. You could see she was noble, but she had to clean apartments to send money to her daughter who studied in Poland. All right then. Thank you. Is there anything else you would like to add to that? I don't think so. Were my answers helpful? Yes, very much so. And thank you for the interview. This interview was recorded before the war in Ukraine began. That's why I find this topic even more relevant, as we had an opportunity to hear from Ina what the situation is like for migrants from the former USSR. Ina is a migrant who came to the Czech Republic because it was more financially convenient. She came as already an educated person and her credentials were recognized. She worked for an NGO that deals with victims of trafficking. Some of the victims are migrants too, and they are trafficked both for sex and work. The agencies abuse their vulnerability and the state does nothing to prevent them from doing so. Even women exposed to violence in sex trafficking are rarely given a protected status. Some are deported to their countries of origin once the trial is over, which puts them in an even graver danger. The migration of women from the former USSR thus comes at the price of their exploitation for work and sex. I talked to Ina about another vulnerability of being pregnant and being a mother 
and of a migrant background. Some women have to plan their pregnancy around the type of visa they have because the type of visa determines their health insurance. In addition, the process of being pregnant in the Czech Republic requires specific knowledge about how and when to contact doctors, hospitals, pediatricians. When women of migrant background give birth, their vulnerability transfers to their children. Ina asked what many mothers from unprivileged background ask, how do I protect my children from racism and stereotypes, from random violence? and harassment at school or in everyday life? How do you build the child's identity so he or she can function in multiple cultures? It's a long and difficult process and Ina told us about her trajectory.